Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back here in the Shaw's Patriots postgame show, it's Jim Murray, Joe Murray, now joined by Greg Bedard of Boston Sports Journal, bostonsportsjournal.com. Happy New Year, Greg. Uh, so that I heard you ask uh, Bill Belichick in his postgame press conference uh, about the pick six from Kyle Duggar. So I was curious because usually, you know, when you're asking questions, there's something behind it. Do you, like you watching that, what were you looking for there? Do Because you, you feel like that was almost credit to Steve Belichick for the call, or did Kyle Duggar actually just make a really heads-up play there? Well, I think, uh, Jim, too, in in sort of what I was getting at and what I'll write for tomorrow, sort of, you know, the background of the play a little bit more. It was nice to, you know, have have an opportunity to, you know, just write about, you know, football for once instead of, uh, you know, different bombs and grenades going off of this team. Um, You know, that's a play where there's a lot of moving pieces. It's nothing, you know, and one of the players in the locker room told me, I think they ran it three or four times uh, last week. It's something that they run a lot. It's it's something they go to in a situation similar to that. I think it was third and 15. But, you know, what sort of amazed me on the play or what stood out to me and, and, you know, just watching on the TV copy was like there's a lot of moving pieces. And they had two new guys on the field. Like I was talking to – uh, Quandre Mosley, who, you know, was at the top of the screen and he starts off as, as a cornerback. And, and really what it is, it's an inverted cover two. So instead of normally the cornerbacks in that situation, um, they play off about five yards and they sort of squat on the under routes and, and, you know, read the quarterback from there. Well, in that case, and the Patriots, I, I don't want to make it too much out of it, but because the Patriots do run this all the time, you know, a guy like Quandre Mosley goes from playing cornerback to playing safety in the cover two. And, and Kyle Duggar is basically the middle linebacker on the play. And he goes from bluffing a, uh, a blitz to, you know, being in coverage. And it seemed like, you know, and at this point in the season, you know, even in a, uh, an offense like the Dolphins, there's not a lot of secrets. Everything's pretty much on film at this point. And so it really looked like, the Patriots repped that play all week, knowing it was coming. They had, they had shown it earlier in the game. And, uh, you know, I give a ton of credit to everybody, you know, from Steve Belichick to Mike Pellegrino, the cornerbacks coach for getting those guys coached up. To me, it's the sort of play that, that evolves over the course of the season where you, you know, you coach it up a little bit more and the players take more coaching points to where it's more of a, uh, a finished product at the end of the season. And I think it really paid off. I mean, it paid off huge. I mean, without that play again, I don't know whether the Patriots win this game or not. Hey, Greg, just to stick with the secondary, obviously uh, Jalen Waddle and uh, Tyree kill really, would they have six for 
six catches for, I don't know, under 100 yards in this one. But like, Yeah, like 90 yards. But, yep. But that, that's that's a great job. I mean, Jonathan Jones has done well. I know the first game he had some struggles, but he's done well against him. And that secondary was, was undermanned today. You got to give him credit, right? That was an outstanding job by those corners. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, at the end of the day, they certainly did the job. I mean, you know, but, you know, we also need to be realists about it. You know, I think um, a couple of things played into it. I think the Dolphins were afraid of their line, um, you know, where they already lost. They were to, you know, Kendall uh, Lamb, the Lamb kid who was terrible in Houston, had to start a left tackle. He ended up getting hurt. So they were down to their third string left tackle. And it looked like Mike McDaniel was trying to protect against that. Uh, I thought that McDaniel, I don't know if it was in to, in uh, sort of response to a lot of criticism in the in the previous few weeks where he went away from the run, including last week against the Bengals. I thought he he stuck with it a little bit too much considering where the Patriots were in the secondary. And, you know, and then you have the whole, you know, they're dealing with a backup in Teddy Bridgewater and then a third stringer in Skylar Thompson. So, you know, at the end of the day, they did the job. It was a good job. Uh, but there were a lot of different circumstances that that factored into it, not just the Patriots having a uh, you know a good plan and good execution. What else stood out to you in this game? What did you make of the play of Mac Jones? I mean, look, I thought that first drive it's like okay, you know, scripted, but you know they also had some uh, you know beneficial uh, play, uh, calls that went their way from the officials. But you know, for them, for how it's looked this year, Greg, kind of crisp. Outside of that, though, I thought it kind of went by the wayside for the next like five or six drives. Yeah, I, you know, as far as Mac is concerned, I thought, you know, I thought he played fine. I thought he played okay. Um, it wasn't anything outstanding. I think, you know, some of the same issues continue to plague this offense, you know, where a lot of people either watching in the stadium or on television, they look at Mac Jones and say, you know, why didn't he throw that ball? And I, you know, I consistently see, you know, route timing is an issue. When guys turn around, like, you know, there were a couple passes to Ramondre Stevenson where, you know, ideally, Mac Jones wants to throw earlier to Stevenson, and he goes another two or three yards with his head down, and now all of a sudden the pass is off. And, um, you know, there, I thought there were a lot – there were some, you know, examples where Tyquan Thornton was running a slant and Mac wanted to throw it to him, but Thornton's head was down. A lot of stuff, that stuff goes on. I don't think people factor that in enough. Um, but it looks like to me like the number one thing is Mac's just trying to t- take care of the ball and not turn the ball over. Now, is that his fault? Is that the coach's fault? I don't know. Like, you know, for example, before the Jacoby Myers touchdown, there was the throw to Thornton that, you know, ideally Mac leads him a little bit more and it doesn't lead to the bobble. But, you know, you also had to be cognizant of, you know, do I want to be laying the ball that far out in the end zone and all of a sudden the the cornerback on the outside gets involved and could step in front and, you know, he could be reading me. I mean, there's a lot of things that go on, but I think, you know, Mac Jones from the slide on fourth down, um, that probably wasn't ideal to what they wanted to do. I, but um, I think Mac at the end of the day is very cognizant of not turning the ball over and not taking points off the board because I think he knows as much as anybody every single point is in, is important to this team, and we saw that again today. Hey, Greg, just real quick on that touchdown, the back the back shoulder to uh, to Jacoby Myers. Do you think Mac Jones made his own play at the line, or what did Bill Belichick say in the press conference? Bill said that it was very similar to the two-point play. I think they ran against 
um, the Raiders. I think I think the Dolphins, and you see this with them a lot uh, on film. They get confused at times. They get they have busts. Like you remember in Week One, Ty Montgomery had that play uh, from like about the five yard line where he caught the ball and then rolled into the end zone yeah, because right. he was he was that open. And you saw the the team the week before the uh, I think it was uh, the Packers ran almost the identical same play and they almost the same exact thing happened. And so the dolphins have, they're very young. They have some talent. They have a lot of, you know, a lot of guys out in their secondary as well. And I thought that was a, they got completely confused. It left, there's no way a linebacker is supposed to be covering Jacoby Myers there. And I think the Patriots just had a good, I thought the the dolphins just screwed up and uh, that led to, you know, what turned out to be the game winning score. All right, more with Greg Bedard of Boston Sports Journal. Going to be coming up after the headlines here with Joe Murray. First, though, we need to pause 10 seconds for station identification here in the Safety Insurance. 98.5 of Sports and Patriots Radio Network. On a third and 15th snap, they rush four. Bridgewater is back to fire it wide pass. Intercepted by Duggar. Left to the 30, outside to the 20, to the 15, to the 10. Duggar to the 5. Duggar to the end zone. He took it to the house again. There we go. Once again, Kyle Duggar on third and 15, third quarter, picked off pass, returned it to the house, 39 yards. Flipped the game in its head. All of a sudden, it's 16-14, Patriots. It's brought to you by Globalization Partners. Great companies need great teams. Hiring talent anywhere in the world is easier than ever with GP. Go to g-p.com and onboard your next MVP today. Welcome back. Shaw's Patriots postgame show. Jim Murray, Joe Murray, joined by Greg Bedard of Boston Sports Journal, bostonsportsjournal.com. Uh, so it's his third touchdown of the season for Kyle Duggar there, Greg. No defensive player has done that for the Patriots since way back in 1970. So the defense is fourth in as many weeks. It's not hyperbole, I feel like, to say that without opportunistic plays like this, on the defensive side of the ball, this team would already be sunk. We wouldn't be talking, like, playoff permutations, you know, the fact there's stakes in Buffalo next week. Like, it would already basically be over without the defense. Oh, no question. I mean, I think, I think that speaks for itself. I mean, this this team would be in, in tough straits without what the defense has done um, in recent weeks, and you know, really all season, and you know, special teams, Marcus Jones punt return against the Jets. I mean, it's just been absurd. And um, <clears throat> you know, credit to the you know front office for you know finding some of these guys, and you know, Duggar has. You know, Duggar's just, he's an interesting player. I mean, he makes plays like that that take your breath away, and there's also a, a lot of plays that he struggles on. But he was, you know, well-coached on that play, uh, you know, read it like a book. The Patriots executed across the board. Um, it's 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 been huge, you know, without question. I mean, you know, would you like to see them do this against – some of the better quarterbacks in the league. Um, yeah. And look, they'll get, they'll get another chance to show that next week against, uh, against the bills. And, you know, we've been waiting for them all year to sort of make a statement because statistically this is one of the best defenses in the league. They have not played like that against the better offenses in this league. So it'd be nice to see them, you know, actually live up to it for once, but you'll, you wonder where they are, you know, health wise with even, you know, Jonathan Jones left the game late, um, looked like a shoulder injury, but he did speak to reporters after the game, so that's usually a good sign. Hey, Greg, uh, I was talking to Jim about this a little while ago, but 
and you just referenced the scouting staff. I mean, Duggar in the secondary, what Josh Uche has done this year, I know he's kind of cooled off a little bit, but still a good season. But I thought Christian Barmore was a monster today. Um, the one touchdown that Bridgewater kind of pushed into the end zone, he was he was all over him on that play. But he's another guy. These are pillars, I think, that they could build around. But can you talk about Christian Barmore? I don't know what you if you saw anything else, but I thought he was just a, a big part of what they did on the defensive line. I know he played good two weeks ago. Um, he wasn't very impactful last week. I thought he was impactful in this game. It, it was not a surprise considering some of the, the, the matchups with um, – a beat up offensive line that wasn't that good to start with. I mean, I think they, they brought the Liam Eichenberg kid back. He had missed a bunch of time with injury. This was his first game back. He wasn't good before he went out. Uh, and of course they had a bunch of issues at, at left and right tackle. And so, uh, you know, you would have liked to have seen the Patriots defense be a little bit more impactful throughout the game. Um, that kind of surprised me that, uh, you know, Bridgewater, uh, for the most part, had an easy time with it as far as pressure. But, you know, yeah, I mean, the Patriots, there's no question that, they, that they've started to build, you know, a layer of younger talent. You know, we'll have to see how good the talent is. Um, and, of course, you know, it looks good now. But, uh, you know, you just, you just look back and you lament, you know, the five, seven years earlier where they completely, you know, didn't develop any of that stuff and, you know, left themselves – in a situation where they got to play a lot of young guys, which I am more than fine with. Um, Bill doesn't like to do it, but, you know, I'm fine with it. Let them make them mistakes. Let them learn so that they're better um, in the future. And, you know, you just hope that these guys uh, continue to develop because, yeah, there are certainly – they have much better younger talent than they've had in recent years. But, of course, um, that's not a very hard high bar to clear. All right, mixing some of your calls here. We have uh, Greg Bedard of Boston Sports Journal with us as the Patriots defeat the Miami Dolphins 23-21. to Tom and Warwick next here on the Shaw's Patriots postgame show. Hey, Tom. Hello, Tom. Hello. Hey, go ahead. I just, uh, I'm not, you know, trying to miss a negative here, but I mean, I'm just trying to look realistically. If Tua plays today, I think they lose. Uh, if, and I think they're going to get crushed in Buffalo, period. Just being realistic. Well, on that first thing, look, uh, once I heard that Tua was in the concussion protocol, I don't know how you felt, Greg. Like I was, well, again, this was more of a competitive game than I think it probably should have been. But considering that, uh, look, uh, it's the likes of Jacoby Brissett and Mitch Trubisky and uh, Sam Ellinger. Like these, they're beating these teams with these backup quarterbacks. Once I heard Tua was out, I was like, well, this one's kind of going to be a, an afterthought. Closer game. But, yeah, I, I'm with the caller. If Tua plays, and you know, Tua has had this team and Bill's number, it's probably a different outcome today. Yeah, I mean, there's no question. I know there was a lot of talk going into the game about like, well, Teddy's kind of like a right-handed Tua. Yeah. But I can tell you from watching the Dolphins film, and especially before Tua got concussed last week, like they just run that offense at a completely different tempo when Tua's in there. I mean, it is fast, and they go fast. He gets rid of the ball fast. Um, you know, there there are much bigger problems that the defense has to deal with, and there's no question – that was a huge break for the Patriots. And, you know, Tua was 4-0 against them uh, coming into this game. So you wonder, you know, what would have happened uh, had he played. And, you know, Jim, to tell you the truth, like, you know, the way the, the this year the backup has gone for the Patriots defense, I fully expected the Chiefs to lose in Denver today, which they almost did 
which would have made the Bills game completely irrelevant for Buffalo and would have led to Josh Allen um, sitting or at least, you know, only making a cameo. And uh, but, you know, now that the Bills need to win that game, as far as I could tell, I don't know what time the games are all slated and things like that. But um, as long as the Chiefs don't, you know, lose before Buffalo plays, uh, Buffalo needs that game. So they got to play it out. Uh, Greg, uh, uh, Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald just reported that uh, Teddy Bridgewater left the game with a broken finger. I, I think he's soft. I think he should have been out there to leave the hand. Uh, no, no and, I'm, and I'm being real. Is it throwing hand or was it? It was, it was his throwing hand, but like, no. No, the, your team is about to make like in a playoff spot. You have a seventh round pick in there. Like, I know he had the backdoor cover and we covered the spread and everything all worked out, but still. <laughs> Like, come on, there got to be some people in that locker room looking at him like, man, you, you couldn't get out there and left it for a seventh rounder. I just, I've, we've seen plenty of guys play with broken fingers. Joe, big Joe, I'm just going to leave this in your realm. Um, I have no idea what the situation was. And I know <laughs> I heard you talking earlier about Drew Bledsoe with pins in his right. fingers and things like that. Like, you know, uh, look, I don't know. I mean, if, if it was his thumb or index finger and he couldn't grip the ball, I mean, I don't see, you know, what the what the point is, and and uh, you know, I'll I'll leave that for you to Reggie question Lake. Teddy Bridgewater's. Oh, trust me, I, I'm not going to question Teddy Bridgewater's manhood because I was there in, I think it was 2006 or 2007 when I went down to Rutgers. Rutgers had a chance to go to a BCS bowl game with Louisville at home, and Teddy Bridgewater on a basically a broken ankle. Yep past Louisville, past Rutgers, and and killed my another one of my Rutgers dreams that day. And so <laughs> I'm not questioning that guy at all. I'll leave that to you. Well, the playoff hopes and the dreams still alive for the Patriots. We'll get your thoughts on that, Greg, when we come back in your final segment here on the Shaw's Patriots postgame show. And you, if you'd like to join us, 617-779-0985 is the phone number, especially if you're still uh, you know hanging out and heading home from this game as the Patriots beat the Dolphins today, 23 23- 21. More coming up on the Safety Insurance 98.5 Sports Hub Patriots Radio Network. Listen live. Check out our podcast with the 98.5 The Sports Hub app. Right now, the flags on the goalpost hang limp. Folk in the stagger stance. Pilardi extends the right hand, waiting on the snap from Addington. The replacement for Cardona. The snap in place. Swing of the right leg. The kick is driven to the upright. It's right down the middle. And Folk puts the Patriots back on the board with their first points since the 7-15 mark of the opening quarter and draws New England within 14-10 with 4.03 to go. Field goal there. Nick Folk, 49-yarder to make a 10-7 at the time. Uh, season This season, as part of their Apex Cares program, Apex Entertainment will be donating $100 to the New England Center for Children for every converted field goal. Every point, every dollar helps. more information, go to apexentertainment.com. So, again, one field goal, another $100 donated there. Shaw's Patriots postgame show, Jim Murray, Joe Murray, final segment with Greg Bedard of Boston Sports Journal, bostonsportsjournal.com. I thought, just as a whole, the uh, special teams didn't have that great of a day, uh, Greg. Again, like this has been kind of a thing all season long. Some inconsistencies there, sloppiness. Uh, Brennan Schooler, uh, you know, running into the punter there. That was a bad play that I think kind of really flipped the momentum uh, on its head at that point in the game. Michael Pilardi, also not great since he's had to come in for Jake Bailey. I felt like Jake Bailey, this was a day, even though he wasn't having a great season, this is a day they desperately missed Jake Bailey. Jim, you're... You're being kind. I don't know what. I don't know if this is the new New Year, Jim Murray, or what. <laughs> they were a disaster on special teams. 
I mean, you know, you had Pierre Strong taking the ball out of the end zone three yards deep to get to like the 15-yard line. You had four god-awful punts in a row where, you know, this was obviously a field position game. Nick Folk misses an extra point. I mean, the special teams is just limping to the finish. Yeah, and I always, every, year, every week, I, Don't forget about oh, that. yeah, that too. That, yeah. There's, you know, every week I check football outsiders and they, you know, in their rankings and like the special teams rating, they're just plummeting in the special teams rating. They're like one of the worst. I think they were 27th as far as weighted. And so they weight the, 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 uh, the games that have come uh, more recently, a little bit more than say like the first week of the season. And the, the Patriots have just plummeted again. And so it's uh that has not been good and has to be a concern um, for uh, Bill Belichick. But, you know, it, bef- before we go, can we just say, like, mention Jared Stidham and what the Raiders are doing, like, right now? It's absurd. Yeah, so what are the numbers as of right now? Like, he's absolutely shredding. He's, he's, 16, he's 16 of 21, 76%, 246 yards, 11.7 yards per attempt, three touchdowns. Uh, in a 154 rating against by far the best defense in the league. I mean, it's just, I mean, they're probably not going to hang on because, you know, the, the Raiders have like nobody left on defense. Um, but I mean, you know, I'm sure there are some Patriots fans are out there who are like, see, I told you, Bill, like you should have put him in instead of Cam Newton. Yeah, if anything, so, like, look, there's going to be a lot of hyperbole that comes from this. Like, Stidham is going to be, sure. you know, legit starter. Like, you know where this is going to go. Yeah. But if nothing else, the second guess is what you just said. Like, at the end of 2020, when it was clear that Cam Newton really couldn't throw all, all that well anymore, couldn't you just give the kid a try? So what was that? Like, that, I still, that question should be answered. What was it? Because Cam Newton was, like, the perfect soldier, the consummate pro, and, like, basically right. missed Bill's ass. Like, that, that I mean, it, it, it... If you're asking me, I think it was because, you know, they didn't pay him very much. Um, you know, he sort of agreed to that and Bill was sort of doing a solemn. But, I mean, it, there's no question. I mean, you know, it, it, what were they playing? Like the last two or three weeks, you know, knowing that they weren't in the postseason? Yeah. Like what would it have hurt if – if I think it was all about Bill and Newton and, and not wanting to, you know, do them wrong, so to speak. But, you know, again – are we still doing what's in the best interest of the football team around here? Or is it, you know, or other considerations now? It didn't used to be that way. Yes, yeah, I'm also running the ball well. Uh, seven for 34 <laughs> uh, rushing. Um, you mentioned what's best for the team. Can you explain Kendrick Bourne's, like, late addition into the offense? Uh, made an impact when he did play. But how is it best for the team if he's not starting uh, with the team? I know he had the false start as well. Yeah, I mean, I... I I agree with you guys. You know how I feel about it. I, if I had to guess, um, you know, I'm sure there have been some struggles um, as far as, you know, practice and things like that. Just knowing some of the background of Kendrick since he's been here. And, you know, he's a great kid, great energy kid. I think we've talked about it before. He had to be coached really hard last year and really, you know, a lot of hand-holding and things like that. And, you know, if that's not going on, you know, maybe he's struggling on the practice field. I mean, knowing the way Belichick does things, um, he only makes decisions like this. I mean, usually because it's not happening on the practice field well enough. But, I, I mean, I agree with you. You know how I feel about it. I mean, it's just a joke that Kendrick uh, Nelson Aguilar and Tyquan Thornton are out there, at, you know, so much over Kendrick Bourne when it's obvious that he, A, makes plays and B, the quarterback has a high comfort level with him. It's just, it's a shame. 
And so, and of course, I'll... Stidham just got picked off. Oh, uh, yeah. the pass. Yeah, we... I just put the kibosh on. <laughs> uh, Nelson Aguilar, just one target today. No catches. Are, is they almost kind of phasing him out as well a little bit, you think? Um, you know, good question. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm not really sure. I mean, I, I just don't think he gets open all that much anyways. And, and, you know, he's more of the deep ball guy. I mean, Thornton does a lot of that. Um, I did, I do think it was a positive that Thornton showed a little bit more in this game. I think the Patriots are, are figuring out that at least at this point in this, in his career as a rookie, um, you know, Thornton, Thornton struggles on the middle of the field routes where you have to make a lot of decisions or, you know, read the coverage and then, then that dictates your route. And he's better like, you know, just using his speed on the outside and just blowing by people, especially guys like Keon Crossan and, and Kutu, you know, guys who are, um, you know, either undrafted free agents or mostly special teams guys. So I thought the Patriots did a good job of taking advantage of those, those players. Hey, Greg, do you think the Patriots had an emphasis on trying to get off to a good start today? I, I had a big bet today, Dolphins first half, uh, but mm-hmm. it was, it, it was based off their first half struggles. I mean, just in the month of December, they were outscored in the first half, 69 to 20, but I felt like they had some sort of emphasis today to get off to a good start and, uh, they had that nice drive early on for a touchdown. Uh, I I think it's always an emphasis for them. I it, I don't know. I could be wrong, but it, it has seemed to me like they've had a good script to open games. You normally they're not always. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure. You know they weren't very good opening against the Bengals. I don't remember, but it seems like that for the most part they've come out and put together a pretty good drive to open games, and then everything. Once they get off the script, then everything disintegrates and, and, you know, they're a mess. But I don't think there was any any big emphasis other than, like, you know, they know they can't play from behind. So they better get a lead and, and hang on. And for a while, that that's what it looked like was going to happen, where, you know, they open up with a touchdown, the Dolphins come back and answer, and then you're like, oh, no, you know, are the Dolphins going to go on a run here? And they just they, they could never get uh, a rhythm on their on their offense. All right, Greg, as we wrap here, they're the seven spot. They're in the seven spot as of right now. How do you feel about them overall having their playoff hopes alive, when, especially after that, that Vegas game and how that ended? It felt like, well, now they're dead in the water. But here we are like a month later, and they're in a playoff spot. Yeah, it doesn't really surprise me. I mean, you know, they they haven't really – I mean, they had lost four or five coming into this game, and they faced another – backup quarterback today and in, in a beat up secondary and beat up tackle. So, you know, what they've done hasn't really, uh, you know, surprised me. Um, you know, I don't, I haven't really bought into, you know, they're blowing the last couple of games and, you know, how that affects the locker room. I mean, you know, these guys are, are professionals and I think the opponents have, you know, helped out. And so it doesn't surprise me. I picked them eight and nine before the season um, you know, right now that's the likelihood, you know, Joe, what's the line for next week? Is there an early line yet? Um, the look ahead was, uh, four and a half. So I, I'll look. That's uh, it. Yeah. Well, we got to find out if the, who's playing. Um, but yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We still don't know. Yeah. Where- I mean, I, look, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised where they are. Um, I think, you know, things have fallen their way a little bit, but you know, give them, credit that they've um uh, you know kept fighting and you know while they're they're pretty much the same team they've been all season um you know they are finding ways to make plays and and win some of these games and hey you know 
all you want to do is before the season is give yourself a shot at the postseason and anything can happen. And right now they're they're in position for that. So credit to them. Look ahead with seven, by the way. Sorry about oh, okay, that. Okay, seven. So okay. I'm going to project four and a half based off of the importance of the game. Yeah, and I don't think we're going to know when these games are until tonight. Um, I can't imagine it's going to be on Saturday, though, Greg, but with Buffalo playing Monday night. But then again, the NFL, I don't know how much they really care about the players and their safety or anything like that. So, uh, you know, we'll see. Yeah, they're going to have to play. They're going to have to play that Chiefs-Bills game simultaneously. They're going to have to be at the same time. Right. Or else you're, you know, I I mean, that's unfair to other people that if, say the Chiefs play on Saturday um, and they lose, then the Bills don't have to play anybody, and now the Dolph- uh, the, the Patriots could walk into the playoffs. I mean, I think – so I would expect those those t- games to be on Saturday, on Sunday. All right, Greg, so we'll see you on Felgram uh, as what, Wednesday this week? Wednesday this week, yep. Wednesday. All right, perfect. Greg Bedard of Boston Sports Journal, bostonsportsjournal.com. Read more about this game and the Patriots at bostonsportsjournal.com. Go there, and otherwise we will see you Wednesday on Felgram Maz on a big boy Wednesday. Happy New Year. Sounds good. Happy New Year to everybody. Take care, Greg. Uh, all right, you want to join us in the time remaining we have here on the Shaw's Patriots postgame, Joe, 617-779-0985. We'll go uh, around the league, week 16, uh, talk about some of the other games from earlier today and some of these late ones as well next here on the Shaw's Patriots postgame show. Start your holiday travels in an exciting new model from our family of Jeep Grand Cherokees. Whether you want two or three rows in a new Grand Cherokee, over 100 standard and available safety features, or capability that meets sustainability in the first ever plug-in hybrid electric Grand Cherokee 4xe, we've got you covered. Drive today with zero down, zero first month's payment, and zero security deposit during the Big Finish sales event. Learn more at Jeep.com. For well-qualified buyers, residency restrictions apply. See dealer for details expires 1-3-2023.